0: Welcome to We're Not Finished, a podcast presented by the studios of Key West. I'm Gwen Filosa. I'm a reporter at the Miami Herald. The studios is a leading art institution in South Florida. It's located downtown at 533 Eaton Street. For a list of events and more programming like this, go to tskw.org. Steve Turtell, thanks for joining me.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: You are in the great city of New York.
1: Most of my life.
0: Yeah, you're in New York, uh, but you, I met you in Key West, and you, you met me
1: in Key to... West. One of the two most delightful winters of my life ever, when I spent my winters down there, which I would love to do again if I can ever afford two rents. I was able to do the two winters down there because I sublet my very cheap New York apartment, and once I sublet the apartment, it's cheaper to stay in Key West than it was to stay in New York.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and had you been here before
1: i had been there once in um a month before i decided to come down for the winter um i had i'm when i travel i t- often travel alone and so anytime they say at an airport you know anyone willing to delay their flight to my hand goes up yes I absolutely love that. so I, I have flown free of charge to seattle chicago um key west <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. free because I'm willing to delay my flight because they've overbooked. That's that's so I had a trip to Key West, you know, and I went down and I thought, you know, I'd love to spend the winter here. And I was um it was it was my last day there, actually. I was down there for a week and I had a B and B somewhere down near um uh at the end of Duval. Um not at not at the sunset end, at the other end. Um and I went in, I was walking around and I went into the Tennessee Williams house on, I forget what street it is. And I asked the woman behind the counter, you know, is there anything like a roommate service here in Key West? And she said, no, but that's a great idea. And she said, why? I said, well, I'd love to spend the winter here, but you know, I don't think I can afford the rentals for a whole house. And she said, you know, I know someone who you might want to talk to. (laughs) And she made a phone call and sure enough, there was this house that was like the Key West equivalent of Barbary Lane and um, tales of the city. And I went and I saw Richard um, and he said, yeah, we have a room for rent. Um, come over and look at it. I did. And I I said, I'll give you the money for it right now. <laughs> the gas army. And the next thing, you know, I was coming back on December 1st for um, it was veterans day. I was, it, it was veterans day that I saw the house and I was down there, you know, from December through April. That, how
0: you found that rental is such a key west story by exactly, the way exactly yeah i mean it was just really by
1: accident yeah
0: i'll just ask
1: and it, <laughs> right and exactly
0: <laughs> happened now you're you're a poet you're a collection of heroes and householders uh that that's um uh, that's out there in Letter to Frank O'Hara, the chapbook. We'll Letter have- to Frank O'Hara, it's
1: it's available, but it's a rare item. I mean, it was a a reprint of a chapbook that I had first published before I published Heroes and Householders, and it was reprinted because it won a contest. There's this is wonderful press um, that every now and then decides to reprint a chapbook that they didn't think got sufficient attention, and so I submitted mine, and it won the contest, and so they reprinted it, and it's a lovely little edition. But a lot, all of the poems in it are in Heroes and Householders.
0: Oh, okay, great, great, great. Because tell me about the, the, the poetry, uh, the poems in Heroes and Householders. I love poetry. And when I read work like yourself and, and other poets, I always think, well, I could do that. No, I totally can't, Steve. <laughs>
1: there, there's rules. There's oh, so well, rules. you might be able to. You, the thing work. is, people don't realize um, how many bad poems you have to write to, before you write a good one. Um, even when you've already written a good one. Mm-hmm. i mean the the final poem in the book heroes and householders is called pairs and i wrote that poem it, it's the rare poem that i wrote in one sitting just i sat down at my desk and boom beginning to end without many changes and that only happened once and this is how it happened um i was sitting at my desk because i would get up every morning and sit at my desk and write um and one morning i was absolutely disgusted in depressed and I, thought, I will never write a good poem again I it's probably just never ever going to happen again because I looked at everything I've been writing that this is not very good that's not very good that's boring that's right and I knew that WH Auden had once said that every time he wrote a good poem he felt like he would never write another good one again and I thought well that's encouraging I mean if a great poet says that that's thanks <laughs> I'm in good company um anyway so I got up from my desk and I went into the kitchen to get something to drink and on my windowsill were all the pears i had bought at the beginning of the week to ripen until they were ripe enough for me to eat and they were sitting in the sunlight on this blue terry cloth towel at the windowsill and they were beautiful the light was hitting them in just the right way and they were the most beautiful things and pears are my favorite fruit they are absolutely my favorite fruit of all um and i looked at them and i thought oh my god they're gorgeous and i just thought about my relationship with pears and i went down i went back to my desk sat down and wrote a poem about pears. And that was it, (laughs) that's how that poem got written, yeah.
0: I love that, and um, when, at what point in your life, was it when you were a kid or older, that you said, you know, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna write poetry, I am a poet, I mean, I'm gonna do it. Oh,
1: well, I started writing poetry long before I was able to think of myself as a poet. Um, I mean, I was a teenager and I had fallen in love with poetry. I was in a little Catholic boarding school, that I'd gotten expelled from um, and one day when I was in the infirmary I was doing my homework and we had to read Edgar Allan Poe and I read Edgar Allan Poe's poem The Raven and I loved it so much that I, while I was in the sick room because I was there for about three or four days with a really bad flu I memorized the poem and so I, I fell in love with this poem enough so that I wanted to own it and so I memorized um Edgar Allan Poe and then I started writing poetry on my own and then after I got expelled from that school in Southern Maryland, I went back in Brooklyn, and in junior year in high school, our English teacher read out loud T.S. Eliot's The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock. Mm-hmm. And up until then, I had been aiming for um, a career in the sciences. I was entering science fairs and winning them and entering math contests and proposing things that, you know, would get me top prize in the event. And, but he read this poem, and I thought, what was that? wow <laughs> and I fell in love I, I it was the second poem I memorized um was the love song of J. Albert Prufock and that was it I started writing poems I thought this is you know this whatever this is this is great um and so I stopped entering science fairs and I suddenly was you know I am going to go to school and I'm going to do what you're supposed to do as a poet and so I enrolled at Brooklyn College when I finished high school as a, a classics major to learn Greek and Latin because T. S. Eliot had put all these little Greek and Latin tags on the top of his poems, I like well, I got to learn how to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow! Because I, I used to um I haven't done it in a while. I used to love to read poetry aloud, uh-huh. out loud, and it just and when I've seen poets read, it's it's so powerful. Um, and I'm wondering who who are some of your favorites? I'm sure you have a, a ton. I like um. I'm going to say his name wrong. Philip
1: Levine. Philip oh, Levine. Philip Levine. Yes, I love Philip of Levine. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. His work just. Do you know there. the you know the title of his book? They feed they lion. Do you know how that how that came about? No. That title. Um, it really, if you were to translate it into standard American speech, it's it's actually African American dialect. Um, they feed their lions. Um, it really, so that title really means they feed their lions. Um, and, but in, but it, instead it comes out, they feed, they lie in. Um, anyway, he writes about work, which is what I love. I mean, he writes about his work life and he writes about ordinary working people, um, which is what he comes from as, as do I. My father was a bartender for most of my childhood. My mother worked as a file clerk in law firms. Um, so as a working class background, my father's, um, jobs were very ordinary and my classmates' jobs were very ordinary. You know, they were longshoremen or bartenders or bus drivers or, you know countermen in diners and things like that if anyone had an exotic job it was really unusual like my friend jack grogan his mother was um a shoe model because she had gorgeous feet and hands and so she was a model and so rose grogan was famous because she was the most glamorous person in the neighborhood
0: (laughs) i love her (laughs) yeah you doing well. Like you also have write about your work. You have had uh at least fifty jobs in. Yeah, if you would
1: life count life. up every single work individual workplace I've ever been in to do something to earn money, it would probably be close to a hundred. Um, because even when I was an office champ, I mean, you know, after I finished my ten year stint pretty much as a baker in my twenties, having burnt out on working in kitchens, um, because you work like a galley slave in kitchens. I mean, it's just you know. People think it's fun and glamorous to say you were a baker, but, you know, lifting 100-pound sacks of flour and 50-pound blocks of butter and 80-quart mixing bowls (laughs) (laughs) is work. It's really labor. (laughs) So you're really really tired of it at the end. Um, So when I started working in offices, I mean, I would work as a word processor because I learned how to type pretty well in high school. And... I got to, once you got word processors out there and you could not worry about mistakes, my speed got up to 150 words a minute. Um, and so you could work all over the city. And so, I mean, I remember one week I worked in five different offices in the week, you know, because it was a day, one day job. Someone was out sick. They called a temp agency. Can you go here today? Can you go there today? Can you go there? And, you know, it got to the point where I'd worked on five different word processing systems, within that weekend. I, I'd simply began to say, have you, can you work on this one? I would say yes. Because even if I'd never seen it before, I thought someone there will show me the most basic things that I need to know and I'll get through the day. Um, so like that, you know, that's, it was working in jobs like that, that I came up with my life motto, which is dive in don't drown.
0: I like it. I like it, but you are working on 50 jobs in 50 years. but. Yeah were the jobs like you just described temp work which of course was it by design that you had oh
1: no 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 in fact that's actually the um that's actually i'm i'm now resuming work on it after a hiatus of a few years because i i got stuck and there's a long complicated reason for that but essentially i had to redo my motivation as a writer um i sort of run out of steam and it took me a while to figure out why and um you know when you're young you have whatever it is that's motivating you to do things and when i was young a lot of it was i'm going to show you you know wait till you see i'll get you know you're going to put me down i'll get back at you and um you know that died it just completely died (laughs) there was another well all right well what else am i going to go on other than that and so it was like a kind of Regeneration, which I think artists need to do periodically. They need some downtime. And so I had been working on this project off and on for years. And I thought, all right, let's put it aside and see how we come out, at, come out again. And I've picked it up again. Um, and I can now see exactly how the story goes as a story, rather than as a collection of individual tales, job by job by job. I now see how they fit together um, and oh. why there is a pattern and why this happened and that happened and why I responded this way and that way to various, you know, events in my life, various crises, various events, various, you know, challenges, whatever. Um, So I can now incorporate all that in because, I mean, I'm 71 years old um, and still figuring things out. And I had lunch last week with my oldest friend as in oldest in age. He's 98 and he's a poet. His name is Edward Field. And he he was my mentor as a poet when I was first, you know, beginning to write poetry in my late teens and was beginning to meet other writers. Um, and so we had lunch well, last week, and he said the most wonderful thing to me. He said, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to live. Um, mm. <laughs> all right, Edward, thank you. Thank you, thank you. That helps me enormously. I mean, <laughs> you're 27 years ahead of me, <laughs> and you're still trying to figure it out. I love
0: him, though, because it's sort of... Um didn't feel like he had to come up with an answer
1: and uh, no 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 and you like know, it, being he's, honest he had, he's had quite the life i mean you know he was a bomber in world war ii um was shot down in the in the atlantic ocean you know survived um with other people on a life raft for for days before being yeah. rescued um you now he's had a life um <laughs>
0: uh, but but um i have to ask i'm just gonna be pry that's yeah, my sure. job pri. i mean did you get you know, asked to leave a lot or were you just, you were just frustrated? Oh, no, 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 no. Like I mean, they... I was,
1: you know, no, I didn't. Um, weren't fired all the time. I, I, I was, I've been fired once for cause. Um, actually, no, actually twice for cause. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was, I was a very angry young man. Um, you know, I came out early. I came out at the age of 14 in 1965 in a Catholic boarding school. That did not go over well. <laughs> I got expelled. The person who was bullying me did not, um, mm. you know. And so the next thing, you know, I'm off to the races. You know, I get sent back to Brooklyn, and I'm off to the races, and I'm joining the Gay Liberation Front, and I'm helping found Gay People to Brooklyn. I am an angry young man, and you know, I describe my 20s and 30s as the longest, loudest "fuck you" to the entire world that I am able to deliver. Um, and, you know, it, I was angry and so it, it came out often in inappropriate ways, you know, when I was younger and I just had no control over it. So I was a baker in this bakery in Park Slope, Brooklyn and, you know, they just had enough, um, so there. The other time um, I would, in between baking jobs I would do odd things, like I was doing theatrical lighting and I even studied that for a while at Brooklyn College after I, you know, went back to my second attempt at a BA um, and I was working for Brooklyn Academy of Music because this guy, um, hired me, knowing that I had worked for Charles Wolden's ridiculous theatrical company as the uh, house electrician, and I got there and I knew within minutes that I was out of my league. I mean, these guys were pros. I mean, I was just beginning, and I knew a little bit, but you know, i i was I was a danger to be around. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, and here we were, you know, hanging lights in this enormous theater. Uh, I was up on a cherry picker at times, you know, Whoa. adjusting lamps and whatnot, um, and at one point I was down on the ground and I was asked to, to uh, hoist a ladder. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I tried to hoist the ladder while it was fully extended. It was an extendable ladder and I made the mistake of trying to hoist the whole thing up without collapsing at first and I lost my grip on it. And it started falling towards the stage and I froze. And I didn't shout, look out or whatever. And fortunately it landed on a, um, a cable which stopped it from hitting the stage or anybody on the stage. And very centrally, they came over and said, uh, we think it's best if you leave. (laughs) And you were like me too. Exactly. No argument. That is so I'm, I'm clearly
0: not, I don't belong here. I'm that sorry. is a scary story <laughs> that I don't want to think about
1: now. It's a the, right.
0: theater is theater is pain. Right. Um, but other
1: than that, I mean, you know, jobs would end, um, you know, businesses would close. Um, a lot of them would temp jobs or I decide I needed to go do something else. Um, you know, I was working in my thirties in law firms mostly. And, you know, before I went back to school and, you know, I, another job would come up that seemed better. And I can make more money and even walk to work. So I would take that. And that turned out to be a disaster. So I left that job and had to go find another one. Or, you know, um, I went back to school and, you know, this new job wouldn't accommodate my schedule with classes. And, you know, I had to go find a job that would. So I left that job and took things like that. Um, My life began to have a regular solid pattern where I did something for five and 10 years at a time. Mm. Um, Only once I finished school, like I, when I, went back to school. I took a year off after getting the BA. My BA took me 25 years from beginning to end. (laughs) Long story, won't get into it. But I took a year off, went to graduate school, got an MFA in poetry. Um, Allen Ginsberg was my tutor for the last year of his life. So I would go over to his apartment once a week with my new poems. Oh, that was extraordinary. Yeah. And I was teaching at Brooklyn College at the same time. So I taught for four years and then I lucked out um, and I landed accidentally in a museum career in museum administration. And so after, after I left Brooklyn College, I was director of public programs at three New York City history museums in a row. And Museum World is a peculiar little place because um, the salaries are very low because a lot of people are working for lunch money. You know, they've got money. They've got trust funds. And so oh, they, don't need, exactly they don't need the money, but this is the work they want to do. You know, if you're someone like me, you need the money. Um, and so the only way to get more money is to go to another job. And so after three years at the Museum of the City of New York, I got hired away by the South Street Seaport Museum and got a jump up in my salary enough to make it really, really worth my while. And then a year after that, um, without my looking for it, another job came calling at the New York Historical Society. And so I, that was another big jump up, and I needed it. And so I, you know, after only one year at South Street, I went up to the New York Historical Society. And was there for two and a half years, and then that began. That began a really interesting period in my life when I was laid off three times in eight years. Oh my! I'm now I'm now 55 years old. I'm at the top of my field. Um, I've got a killer resume, and I'm suddenly laid off by the new management at the New York Historical Society. Um, and I'm looking for a job. And I sent out 150 resumes all across the country, and I got three replies, one interview, and no offers, and I thought, okay, (laughs) all right, let's figure something else out, and so I, you know, I ended up in fundraising um, for a nonprofit, and I was there for five years, three as a freelancer, and, you know, two as a full-time, they went through the financial crisis, and a lot of their donors were um, not ripped off by Bernie Madoff, so bye-bye me,
0: Um, oh my gosh,
1: Then you know I'm unemployed again, Um, and (laughs) the next thing I know I'm working for Sage, um, Senior Action in the Gay Environment, in their fundraising department. And six months into that job, the grant that was paying my salary uh, ran out, and they didn't have another grant to continue. And so I was one of about six people laid off there, and that was the last official job that I ever had um, because I was now 62, and All my savings, you know, all of these various things were, were, you know, depleted. I mean, I had to cash out things, you know, to go to graduate school and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I started collecting unemployment. But even still, I was able during that period to go down to Key West. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm glad because we, we
0: met. wanted to ask you about, I guess you know, I'm, I'm getting, a, I'm, I'm 50 now and okay. I'm thinking about work and I, I grew up, I, as soon as I figured out they'd give you money to do things, like I was cleaning my mom's office or I was, right. um, I, I started getting jobs and I worked, I worked like 30 hours a week in high school. It's crazy. But I liked, I was like, oh, I get money and I can, I can buy this and that. Right. I really liked work. It gave me something to do. I was totally closeted. So work yeah. was awesome. Right. um and and then i've always been independent my parents are really hard working people who who did really well came from nothing did well but as as i'm getting a little older i'm like did i buy the lie that just work hard and earn and that that's your w- work was my identity right for right a long time what do you think about all that i mean well you
1: know, i've always chosen time over money um always um and work is not my identity i mean i'm a writer and i've very rarely made enough money from writing to justify doing it as you know full-time but um i wanted to do it anyway um so but if looking back if i had if i could have done anything differently it would have been to put something aside that no matter what no matter how disastrous it was go work at mcdonald's rather than touch it just put something aside even if i had done that starting at age 50 i would not have had some of the more difficult periods financially that i've had. because it can be, you know, uh, I, I've never minded being poor. Um, but being poor and old is a different story. Being young and poor, no problem. Um, and also the work work has changed. And the way people get jobs has changed. I mean, I remember saying to someone in my 20s that I knew that I could get a job within two or three days if I really needed one. I just could go get any. I didn't, you know, my mother's best friend, Maureen Monaghan, used to say um, about me. Well, you got to hand it to Steven. he'd shovel shit against the wind if he had to to earn a living. <laughs> and he didn't ask you for anything. <laughs> that. That. And if you're willing to do anything, you can always find something. Um, and so, you know, that's the way I approached life, you know, unlike my older brother, who was career, 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 career. And, he, um,
0: and, and I, I know I'm very fortunate. I like what I do. Um, I right. can't really make a living in journalism, but I like what I do. I, right. I don't have a lot of skills. Like I don't know how to do Excel and I don't want to. And, and the side hustles I have are fun. And I know people who just work so hard for so little and, and do the work anyway and make right. their way. And it's so go through a lot, give, give right. more than they get. Let's put it that way. I, I, but I just wonder, like, um, I do think I'm going to be that person on the deathbed going, well, I could have written more stories. I don't know. I mean, well,
1: I mean, you know, I'm going to be the same. I could have written more poems. Um, I could have produced more. Um, But you know, I don't think ultimately it matters. Um, You know, it's it's not the most central thing in my life anymore. Part of that hiatus I took on the book was also a spiritual hiatus. You know, Mm -hmm. what are my absolutely fundamental, most important values, and what am I doing about them? And my spiritual journey has been very circuitous. From you know. Catholic boarding school to join a religious order, getting expelled, teenage atheist, drug addict, alcoholic, you know, rah rah rah, um, drug, sex and rock and roll, to having a spiritual awakening that got me sober, to finding out different things when I went back to school. I got the BA in comparative religion to try to figure out, well, what what do I what do I think, what do I believe, you know, and after that, thought, well, we have competing systems of metaphor for things that no one can else explain any other way, so. What metaphors work for me? I don't know. I was a Buddhist for seven years, sitting on a cushion, meditating, you know, twice a day. That led me back to Christianity because those are my roots. And it was like, you know, it was sort of like meditating like that watered my roots. Oh, <laughs> and like they, they started growing again. And they were Christian roots. It's like, you know, i say, okay, well, I can't really become a Buddhist. I mean, the language that really speaks to me is the language I can work with. I can't pick a new, a new vocabulary when this one is already embedded so deeply in <sighs> me. And I went looking in my tradition for ways to find it, to make it work for me. And I, and I, I have. So, I, so um, the church where the Gay Liberation Front met, um, the Church of the Holy Apostles, is my home church. Um, and it's Episcopalian, and I became an Episcopalian, and I'm on the best street. And I love my church, and I love it because one of our main concerns is that we run the largest emergency food program in New York City and state and the second largest in the country. and we, during the pandemic, fed over a million people a year. Oh my gosh, that's so, so, and you know, that's where my values in there are aligned completely, and you know, so I wanted to pay more attention to my spiritual life than my professional life for a while, and so now that I've got that, I can think more about my professional life again.
0: That's great, and and again, no, no real complaints, because I, I know that I made choices, I chose work over other things, and I, and, and You know, I've gotten to do things I never thought I could do. I'm very lucky in newspapers. uh, But I just wonder sometimes because I'll I'll meet someone because it's QS and sometimes you meet people and they're just like, I just travel and then I come here and make money. And I'm like, that's smart.
1: Right. But
0: maybe it's not for me. I don't know. Like, I just wonder uh, the choices we all make because of um, everyone's got to work at, you know, for even if you're wealthy, you kind of have to do something. Something. right?
1: Yeah. Otherwise, you go crazy. Yeah
0: be yeah. nuts and wanted to ask real I'm kind of running. I'm keeping you a little late but uh, it's okay you were someone that was so involved in activism for um, gay rights for LGBTQ for rights and I, I'm really glad I lived long enough to see things um, you know the words like queer in the community kind of branch out but I, I don't know I'm not convinced that we're That that as a queer woman I'm totally out of the clear. I I don't know. I mean, what?
1: Neither, neither. I no, no, no. In fact, I've just finished reading three first novels by um, friends of mine. Um, Wonderful books. Um, And the last one I read, Doubting Thomas by um, um, Matthew Davidson. Um, He makes the point in the novel that you know, look, we've had all this progress after progress. There's always a backlash. There's always a backlash after progress. And right now we're, be, we're seeing people gear up for the backlash. I mean, that Roe v. Wade was a wake-up call for me like nobody's business. Like, you know, they're coming after us next. And, you know, when you think of people like, you know, Clarence um, Thomas and his wife Ginny, they are raring to go. They would love to see every gain we've made erased as fast as possible. And we have to be careful. You know, we can't just, you know, say, well, it's, done, it's a done deal. Um, it's never a done deal.
0: Cause you know, I live in QS. I'm very lucky. It's, it's la la land, you know, New York
1: city. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Then I'll be reminded. And I'll think, I'll think, yeah, y'all did the footwork. You did amazing work for, for my generation, but I'm still, I don't know. A lot of people hate the gays still. And there's a lot of anger. And, and my, my theory is that these people that are so crazy angry about me that all they think about is the sex. And I'm like, you know, They they just think of the well. You do do different sex stuff. Is that? Why are they so angry? I'm not. No, I don't think.
1: I I think you're just a convenient target. We're just a convenient target. Um, If it wasn't us, it would be someone else. Mm. Um, People who are that up in arms are afraid. They're they're operating out of fear, and their fear turns to rage, because their fear is a very difficult emotion to live with. It's unbearable to be constantly afraid. You have to somehow find a way to stop being afraid, and the best way to stop being afraid is to attack something, to be angry instead, and to, uh, you're why I'm so afraid, I'm, you know, you're taking away whatever it is they think you're taking away. I mean, I have cousins who are Trump supporters, um, and they're country club Republicans, you know, they grew up in a wealthy community, went to good schools, spent their summers at the swimming pool at the country club, and they are angry and I keep thinking what do you have to be angry have you ever been oppressed have you ever been discriminated against has anyone ever told you you're not welcome here because blah 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 they're afraid that's only the only explanation i can have is that they're afraid they're about to lose their privilege they're about to lose their status and oh my god what will happen if i'm not if i'm not safe in my country club bubble if 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 the bubble doesn't stay intact what's going to happen if the country around me changes What's going to happen? I mean, I think that's behind it. So it's not, they're just not obsessed with sex. I, you know, and I don't know. The, I'm religious not... right, the religious right can use that, but I mean, you have to remember that, you know, the anti abortion movement was not an accident. They went hunting for a cause. Abortion was not on anybody's radar, and they finally figured out that this is one we could use. It was a conscious choice to use abortion as a rallying point. It was not concerned for the unborn. It was not concerned for the unborn babies or you know the uh, the the life of of a, of a fetus. It was we know we can rally people around this. We can we can present it. It was market researched.
0: And I guess I just um, if it, I always think because I do stand up and I address it a little bit and I uh-huh. still, even in QS, I have these. I only once I was walking onto the stage and I thought. Oh no, they're gonna hate me because I'm gay, and they seem because I am. I always be like, "Where's my queers?" And it's silence, and right. so it kind of works with me because I'm the other, and I can make them laugh. But right. if if people who hate queer people just could not know how miracle it is that I don't hate myself today, absolute miracle of the 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 being feeling not normal, and and I know I'm not alone, but it's like a lot of people don't make
1: it. Right. Well, there are two poems on my website that are excerpts from my book that I think are really, really addresses. So one of them is called Queer and the other is called A Prayer. Um, So when you sign off, take a look at them. Um, Definitely (laughs) will.
0: Steve Turtel, thank you for taking the time. It's so good to see you, my friend. And
1: I would love to come down again and see you guys. Um, I keep hoping I'll figure out a way to do it. Um,
0: We're just going to have to raise the the money to have him here. (laughs) It's all about me. Or I'm going to have
1: to have a bestseller or something like that. But I
0: am, I I tell you, man, I love New York. I wish I could get there for a year, but it's a lot of work.
1: Okay, well, when you come up, I'm dying to see you. You're
0: the best, Steve. Okay, Uh, Thanks for coming on the program. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you have been in Key West for uh, quite a while. You you have theater um, credits galore.
2: I do. And you're an actor.
0: Aww. You're also a designer. Yes. But I saw you first at uh, in Avenue Q at the Waterfront Playhouse, and you were oh, amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, that, what a fun show! That was a that was a special performance. We got to do it twice. It was. um, I'm really glad I went and. Me too. um, And you were recently in Hurricane Diane at the Red Barn Theater. Yes, wonderful production. Quite some heavy hitters up there on stage with (sighs) y'all.
2: That was like a beautiful. Yeah, that was a wonderful cast. Um, I thought it was beautifully cast, and everyone was right for their role, and it was just we all worked so well together.
0: Now. How did you get started down here? Uh, You studied um, theater type stuff, I did, yeah, and I grew
2: up doing it. So my parents fostered that. I mean, they encouraged it in all of us. I have uh, two other brothers, and well, with two other brothers with my mother, and then I have a third brother with my dad. But anyway, um, but they grew up performing as well, and so they encouraged that in us, which was nice. To be artists, and so I've been performing my whole life, which I love. And then coming down here, I'm I'm approaching my 10 year anniversary. I've been here
0: 11. Ah, oh. that means I was here before you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> you and Stop your it. you and your other transplants. Stop. No. Oh, okay. I think we I was here get when it along. was the real QS. Oh come on! Came one a year, year later and I it ruined was, it. No, you didn't ruin it, but you didn't get to see the real key. No, okay. 10 year mark. Um, you came here from? I came here from Washington D.C. D.C. Oh yeah. wow, that's a little bit of a change. Everything's yeah. a change, but that's a big change. It's true. That felt like a, that's a big. culture shock.
2: Yeah, the community is so different, the climate, the pace, all of it. It was quite the change, but I enjoy. I welcomed it. I liked it. Um, but yes, I was here. I think I was here for about a year before I was able to audition for my first show, and that was with Theater XP. Which was a theater company, kind of started and run by Bob Bowersox at the time. Okay. Yeah, and that was my first production, I believe.
0: Do you remember what? I mean.
2: That was
0: Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Oh my God, that's my favorite play, and it's <laughs> so, so difficult. wild. Did you play the teacher woman, the young? Woman the girl? yeah, honey, yeah. She's oh, honey, that is such a difficult role. I I don't know. I love that play. I love oh Albie, and I, I I love that, but it is so difficult in in. There's a lot going on. There's these characters. All of them are so tragic, kind of. And and it's, the, the yeah. intensity, but also there's so many lines.
2: I know, yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot going on. And that was directed by Rebecca Tomlinson, and she was she was beautiful. She was brilliant
0: for that. What a what a way to trial by fire to get your.
2: I know, your, your but I debut. was thrilled for the opportunity to get in, and then I just made lots of friends, and it kept
0: going from there, which I'm grateful for. What um. What, what do you like most about, what's, what's different when it comes to the theater community here and arts communities elsewhere that, where you've lived? Mm-hmm. And what are the big things that stand out about Key West?
2: I think one of the things that makes Key West so special is that if you are an artist or you want to be an artist in and in, working in any, within any medium, I think Key West is the perfect place to put something out there. To try something, to try something you've never done before, to put to put a work out, to have it workshopped. Um, I feel like U.S. is a very welcoming community, and I think it's um, they they celebrate that creativity in someone in a way that, like, I don't know, maybe maybe take feedback with a grain of salt sometimes because everyone's so encouraging. I was thinking (laughs) that that it's hard to sometimes get real. Honest feedback, but I think that there are people who are willing to give you some constructive criticism Correct, as well but, but
0: but I think what you were getting at was the the people here celebrate art and yeah. the, the celebrate action people taking action. I never thought I could do stand up and, yeah, and but I had this opportunity like... here and 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 people are so you know generous with uh, the stage time but with their um you know, support. They want to help, yeah. And you're like thriving. You're doing Thank so you. well. I don't know anyone here that isn't doing some kind of art. Even though yeah. they have a day job, or they do, they're painting, photography, uh, dance. I, I don't know. A lot yeah. of writing, um, comedy, but uh, somehow making making stuff out of leaves. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh... we
2: should make more things out of leaves. Leaves are... Let's do that together. Can we laminate
0: them? Yeah,
2: let's laminate. We can also just get clear contact paper. And if we don't have a laminating machine and we could just, you know, (laughs) make arts and crafts, we can flatten them within books and then
0: (laughs) this reminds me of vacation bible school Uh, oh me too i went there oh my god me too yeah it was super fun i have no scarring memory only good memories from vacation bible me
2: too like let's make so many crosses out of
0: yarn and popsicle sticks (laughs) wait but these Christians put so they they were just like let's take a handkerchief and make it into a portrait of your father for father's day yeah they were just amazing i know there's like no limits it's true, which I don't always associate with religion. <laughs> that's organized, but I know those women were insanely happy and and, and encouraging. And yeah, formed me.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm glad it was a positive experience. They it turned, was for
0: me too. They turned me gay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I hope we can we write letters to some of your former <laughs> I
0: think they were teachers Methodist, and le- so. yeah,
2: they, uh, they would appreciate the message.
0: But I guess people here are just so encouraging because they've done it too.
2: Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that this place draws artists, but even people that have lived here and they're doing other things.
0: Correct. I feel like th- they see opportunity here. Oh, like like someone who wants to become a sailor or um, that. like a, a hula hoop person. That's a big thing down sure, here.
2: Sure, I know. We have a friend that is living out his dream as a performer, a busker. Uh, a circus
0: yeah. performer. Well, he juggles fire, right? I he's know. pretty good, but yeah, he now is a busker. Yeah. That's an extraordinary story, too, because it's sort of, that person is a professional, has plenty going yeah. on, and yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, I want to I perform out there. Yeah, I know. And a lot of people, musicians, act, a lot of people do earn a living through art. That's true. Um, So it is a... That's a, encouraging. And it's such a small town, but there's so much going on. It's true.
2: It's actually, in, even in season, it's almost impossible. It, there's almost so much to go around. There's almost too much to consume. We can't make every event.
0: You can't make it And, and again, small unfortunately, town, so much going on oh, most of it is top-notch. Mm-hmm. And I take it for granted, because I, I think um, you know, this is, this is, there's a lot going on here. I think I do too. Some heavy hitters, yeah, and, and little kids do stuff. I know. And um, the the high school has the con. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of expression of, yeah. of art and creativity. And the
2: high school drama club. Like if there isn't a program within, let's say, a school system or uh, people make it, they like make it possible. So I think and, that's and pretty incredible.
0: That's a great way to describe QS sort of yeah. where if there are solution-based yeah.
2: people. Yeah. Even so. though we're limited with space and venues, See resources.
0: Limit. And cash. We make um, it earn and
2: cur- and crush. And
0: cash. Oh, yeah. Let's g-
2: give her Venmo handles. Drop us some money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ours are easy to figure out. Everybody. Esther, you
2: guys can find us if you want to, you know.
0: It's so easy to find. Patrons. We're looking for patrons. patrons. Back when, Didn't they have patrons in like Europe and back in the day, like millions of years ago? I guess. Like, like artists Dino. being. They probably didn't have one they have like sponsors Yeah, just someone that goes, "Hey, you paint Vincent Van Gogh. I will endorse you." And I'll like buy you food and I love shelter. That.
2: Gwen, would you like a meal? Yes. I would like to buy you something.
0: I want soup
2: and a cherry. basket of fruit. Like some chicken, yeah.
0: but um, tell me what some of your favorite moments on stage or at parties or what are moments that you're just like oh, I couldn't get this in New York or anywhere or other city.
2: Oh God, that's a good question. I know there's a million, Dang. but give me a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah, maybe there's meeting a million. Me. I can't think of many. Meeting but me, meeting me, meeting me. I don't know you how is we met.
0: Top on the list. I, th- I know I've known you, but I don't.
2: How did we officially meet? I'm sure it was in some awkward introduction. Somewhere. I think I just sort of kind
0: of pursued you in a in a normal way.
2: Maybe in a normal way. Maybe I, I thought
0: I'm mad me. at me. Everyone thinks that. <laughs> I'm so shy. The other day I reached out to someone and she goes, oh my God, I thought you hated me. And I was like, I'm shy. And people think I'm standoffish. Yeah. Or jerky.
2: Yeah. Now,
0: I don't think you're ever jerky. Here's the other thing. I look standoffish. I, I, and I'm shy. I'm painfully shy.
2: I try to remember that. That there are many socially awkward people and quiet. Okay, people. I didn't say socially awkward. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay.
0: shy, shy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm shy. Shy. Full of fear and I, I'm <laughs> apparently justifiable. I'm
2: okay, I only say it's socially I, I, awkward I'm, because of me. I'm, I'm also I can delicate. Be. Delicate. I'm delicate. You,
0: you are. My, my, I forget that people are not always giving off what they're feeling inside or, or
2: right what they're capable or they're of. projecting or they're their capable. own fears and insecurities onto i'm
0: socially surface. awkward kinda
2: no you're great i'm like a reverse like you're sweet and a neurotic sort of like sweet way i like I'm to charming in an adhd way love it yeah that's a great way to describe a little describe. bit of adhd <laughs> how much do you think little i don't Oh, a tiny bit, a, but I kind of believe that most people have a tiny a bit ladle, of A ladle? A ladle filled with ADHD? Like, like a thimble full. <laughs> oh, you're
0: lying. You're <laughs> a ladle. A ladle. A ladle. Sure. <laughs> two things. Two yeah. But no, yeah. God, I'm sorry. What what, what are some um, Gosh, moments? You moments. Know? Like what? I don't know. Give like me a night. rap party <laughs> or a moment on stage where something happened that wasn't supposed to, but it worked out.
2: Oh my God.
0: Well, there are things Thank that uh,
2: there are things that like truly haven't happened to me. I don't know. No, I'm sure there are. And I just block them out. I block them out from my memory. But there are kind of amazing things that do happen. Like this is the beauty of live theater. Props. For example, oh yeah, here's one. Avenue Q. So, Jeremy Zoma, I was his right-hander. Okay. For many of the puppets. And then I also did, you know, like the bad idea bears and stuff with him. held the, the, the puppet yeah. while they acted. Okay. So he so he's using his right and left hands within a puppet. And I am the puppet's right hand. And he's the left hand and the mouth, for example. So he and I would just like be connected to the hip. I had to have my left hand on the small of his sweaty back. Don't tell him I said that. Um, because we're both sweaty. He does. It's I funny. I like
0: this because it... it It's, like, totally in in sequence. Yes, and then
2: through rehearsals, like, we become one person. Like, I anticipate his movements. It's like a dance. Like, if you've ever done ballroom dancing, you sort of... Oh,
0: I I, I know I look like a ballroom dancer.
2: (laughs) Well, you have an elegance and a grace about you. But um, he... So there was one bit we were doing with um, one of the puppets, and it's, like, a top hat, and... He was going to have it, and he was going to toss it with his left hand, and I was going to catch it with my right, which is the puppet's left hand and the puppet's right hand, right? And we like were rehearsing it. We did it a million times in front of the mirror. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to get it. I know that, like, yes, we're doing it in rehearsal, but, like, come show night, I am going to drop this hat. I just know it. Okay. And maybe I, maybe I, that's it's obviously foreshadowing. No, I mean maybe I created that myself. Did you manifest? <laughs> maybe I manifested. It. That's what it was. No, you for. didn't. No, you didn't. But like, you know, we're doing it, we're doing it, nailing, nailing it, and just feeling really confident about it. And then that first preview, he tosses this hat and then the hat lands on the floor. And I'm like, no. And it was just a very sinking moment. That's not a big deal. Of course, sometimes there are you know, wine bottles that are supposed to be carried off and tossed and they end up on the floor shattering, you know. So it wasn't like a wine bottle shattering on the theater floor, for example. But it was a moment that we never tried that hat toss again, long story short.
0: Well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's just like, don't go beyond, don't, I was getting a little too big for my britches. I think no, we got a little he, too I, confident I, there. I, I, I it was a great idea in theory, but in practice, no one noticed the odds, are, yeah. You made it better. I mean, we did. We laughed, and I bent down to pick it up awkwardly, you know.
0: What are some of your favorite shows or characters or when you think... Um, you've done... I mean, you've been in years' worth of shows, right? Productions.
2: Yeah, yeah. Here and dozens in
0: life. In life. Yeah. But in QS, dozens. In QS, dozens, yeah. yeah. Easily. Um, what what are some of your favorite dozen. roles? <laughs> um scores I well
2: so this past year I was also um Miss Scarlet in the production of Clue which was based on Clue. the movie based on the board game at the waterfront at okay. the waterfront um and that was really fun only because I grew up obsessed with that movie
0: and the oh, board the, game the board game is really challenging and um come I on Gwen don't think it's for children
2: come on I we had it's it. hard
0: for me Okay, let's play. Oh my gosh, let's play. It is not for children' artwork. Oh, I choked Mrs. Maple with a like garotte in the library. That's Uh, children should not be playing. I bet it says uh, twelve and up on the box.
2: I'm gonna go home. I have a copy of the game, and it's not one of the modernized versions. It's one of the original. It taught me
0: as a child that a candlestick holder can be a weapon half of the things are just
2: blunt (laughs) objects i mean like yes you have a rope you have a revolver okay those are clearly unique okay then you have a wrench a lead pipe and a candlestick which are all essentially the same item right and then what's the other one a knife and then a a dagger and a
0: messy a messy one but also um i don't like any board games as a child or now where i have to write things down okay I want to play trouble. I want to play sorry. I okay. want to play. I don't okay. want to. Uh, right. No not, boggle. It's not a term paper. Okay. The boggle's different. Boggle is. But you have
2: to write things down or.
0: Heat. Yeah. Um, and I you take enjoy. it back. I mean, how about story games? You, okay. We how have can to we take make, notes. How can we make clue better? Okay.
2: Um Everyone just makes accusations on every turn. So it's Twitter. It's <laughs> yes, yeah, Twitter. It's Twitter. You have no found. You don't have any information. You haven't saved Can you any notes. Cheat at Clue? Uh, no. Not successfully. There, there is one of each category within an envelope tucked away. That is the that's envelopes. The, the envelope. But then everyone has their hand. So unless you're like. Somehow managing to take a peek at the other players. There's hands. one envelope. One envelope with the correct things: the correct weapon, location, and the person character. Oh, and
0: that comes from the game.
2: That comes from the game. Okay. But then everyone else has a few cards in their hands. So then.
0: <laughs> Did you know this interview would be you explaining <laughs> Clue to me? I'm be... I'm thrilled. Would we like it today? the 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 movie's different. The play is different. It's you know. You, you yeah, know.
2: the movie is based on the board game, which is really fun because <laughs> There's how, a lot going on. how many movies are made from like a board? I'm awaiting
0: game? Awaiting the hungry, hungry hippos. Oh
2: yeah, that uh, one trilogy. I know, my God. Yeah, that is so funny.
0: Clue. Um. Yeah, Miss Scarlet. Miss Scarlet was cool, right? She was super
2: cool. Mm. She was kind of the. Kind Of sexy, she's kind of the sexy character, which I never thought I would be ever playing sexy characters. Really, yeah, I mean, I feel like the quirky girl next door type. I don't think anyone is comfortable playing those, and if they are, (laughs) I know people that are like, oh come
0: on, that
2: thrive. Don't say their names. I'm not gonna say their names, they
0: thrive in the okay, just read my mind, but they you mean they, they they thrive or but they're not like.
2: I don't know. Okay, I I think initially, I
0: know.
2: I think initially they're nervous, right? We all question our ability to perform in probably many environments, right? So then, but but they are able to create something really sexy and powerful on stage. And I'm thinking of one person in particular. I can
0: think of uh, two two people. I know who we're thinking of. But I, I don't think I can guarantee if I call them right now. They would, they would they would feel not shy. Say like they would not say like oh my god I can't wait to put it out there.
2: No 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 they're shy but shy, they have but embraced they know, that yeah. about themselves oh, I hear and you. they know how to like use it. Well I've embraced it. that about my polo shirts. You look amazing right now you're wearing like a, a tank
0: top, and you've been like working on your gains. Oh, No I know no. but I um I, <laughs> I was so nervous recently you came to Comedy QS, and I didn't do great I was kind of. Like, I just was rattled and stressed. Oh, that and, was
2: the other, that Wednesday I, night. I oh. was
0: so, and I didn't hear from you or Kristen, and I thought, did no. they hate me? oh my God. I'm so in my head and selfish, but I'm like, I just, I want to tell you that it made me nervous, but in a good way. Like, I wanted Hi. to do well. Oh, I'm so
2: sorry. No! No, I- but there is something about, like, that is my responsibility, is to, like, let my friends know that, like, if you didn't know I was at your production, I was there, and I thought you did great. Cause, because it takes a lot to get up on stage and hold a mic
0: and like tell your own story. The worst thing I only happened once at a com- competition. I didn't I don't do competitions well. And a woman came up. I didn't bomb, but it didn't do great. And this woman comes up and she she met well. She was like, You're very brave. <laughs> I was like, brave is the worst thing you can say. I know
2: nobody wants to hear to that a they're performer. brave. To a performer, or you post a <laughs> p- picture of yourself or whatever. Like, what are you really thinking? You brave. know. No, but I, I feel like... I know I've told you before. I really admire...
0: I really Thank admire you. you. I think you're, you're very funny.
2: I was genuinely but I laughing. I looked at the
0: tape later, and it just wasn't my best. I wanted to give you my best. I understand. The next night, I was
2: much You better. were on fire.
0: Yeah. No, but I'm happens. sorry I missed it. What, what's it like uh, preparing when you go on stage, and how have you gotten more comfortable? There
2: are times... So I did this musical um, when I first came down here, and I've been performing my whole life, but like singing on stage terrifies me. Like having to, sing, it's the pressure of like, I'm singing a beautiful ballad and I have to sound good, but I love karaoke because that feels silly, like like I'm a clown. Karaoke
0: I'm, is about the audience. Karaoke is about the crowd.
2: I guess the, like picking songs at mm. a crowd. They, might love you. they love
0: you because you're there.
2: And I also just, it's like fun and free. I don't know, but like singing a song in a musical, I feel like there's just this pressure for me I have stage fright when it comes to like singing on stage and singing by myself especially it's like traumatic but i did a musical and i was very happy i did it and i was like working with all these amazing diva like powerhouse voices which is also a little intimidating but they were very gracious and amazing um to work with but every night going out for that show in particular i had to like power pose like right before my entrance and i was Outside, about to go in Mm -hmm. for this character's first introduction. Then she sings the song. I would power pose and I would like stand with my literally my fists on my hip or like out in like a total star.
0: I like it. Oh, you'll like that. I was
2: like literally doing that to try and like increase my testosterone. And like get blood flowing and to just feel like open and powerful. It's almost
0: like a, a yoga pose. I'm not making me funny. I guess so. It's like a no, yoga yeah. Pose or a but
2: you understand. I mean, tai chi power poses. You're familiar with that
0: term? I, I'm not, or? but I'm gonna use it. Okay,
2: now. but you know, it's like the Mr. Clean. That's one. Like there are positions that people talk about. I love that, that you, you think th-
0: I'm educated.
2: It's you are in, shut. Wait, up.
0: but the, the audience doesn't
2: see this. Them. This could be the audience didn't see any of this. Oh, okay. This is what I do sometimes, depending so, like Mr. what Queen. I'm doing. The Mr. Clean, like chest one. out, and then, like this is powerful. And then like this with your arms out, almost stretched like, like, like a heavy star. metal, like a star. maybe yeah. So it's like big poses, strong poses. It actually
0: psychologically well, does do something
2: to your brain if you feel nervous.
0: I'm gonna do that, but.
2: Also, um, when I was doing a lot of improv, this is what someone told me. You, if you are
0: an improv uh, veteran, a
2: yeah, person. That yeah. Yeah. Went to school and performed a lot doing that for it. it that was, that's a, just a really cool art form in and of
0: itself. It looks believe. so hard for me, and people say it'll make you better stand up. But we're talking true improv, not not a written sketch. This is true
2: improv hey, and long form improv. Like How not long? even, sh- like long form is almost. Um, So I was trained in the Herald long-form improv, but there's also like short-form improv, which those are like games, like Mm -hmm. whose line is it anyway. That's sort of a a style or the format for like short-form improv. And then long-form improv is, you could do it in different kinds of ways, um, but it's just like scenes, you know, improvised scenes. um, And they have an end when you feel it. And then... Sort of. I mean, I think improv might make you a better comedian, but also it might make people better actors.
0: I think the acting, yeah, to to be able to roll with the uh, punches, so to speak, to be able to handle um, change, to think on your feet, feet, react.
2: um, It's about listening and reacting, not about trying to be say the funniest thing. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just like listening and reacting.
0: But I I do think that I would, yeah, I would think that would make me. uh... Or just in general, on stage.
2: It's true, or any work environment. I feel uh, like
0: you yeah. brought that up. Act, I took acting in college, acting in 101. Love it. And 102, so I know a lot.
2: Oh yeah, tell me what you remember. I've never me, been in a play. So. Tell me one of your but, takeaways.
0: Uh, but we, you reminded me. Well, we learned a lot about making choices when you're on, when I mean, you're in a scene, making choices yeah. of like I'm gonna be angry or think of this or I'm gonna turn. But yeah, yeah lis- it's listening, isn't it?
2: A lot of it is listening and. Um, it's listening and reacting, right? And then, um, but it's nice to have like objectives in a scene, like thinking about what do you want from that other character and how can you say what you're wanting to say to get them to do what you
0: want. I think
2: that would be a good idea. Right? Let's do it. Let's do some scenes. But there is, what I was going to say is, um, uh, someone said, one of my teachers, I think maybe, or performers I was working with said if you can control your breath you can control your fear and I thought that was always I something that, that stuck with me yeah you can control because I, I so it's like get yeah just getting in control getting of your control. breath
0: um, again you know, a yoga I'm thing and I'm yeah it is yoga. no
2: so much of it is I, it, it took all me ties
0: together five years to get is very comfortable I can walk on stage as I like I can walk in this room you're my, amazing my legs shook my knees shook for the first, and I would speak in the back like I can't do it, and I'm so glad I stuck with it. Yeah, I'm glad it was, you did um, too. It's fun to make people laugh. It's not about it's not all about me, but to to know I can be a part of something like that yeah. scene, and now and now I'm like I just get on stage and I, I've learned that it's one performance. I want to do great, but it's one.
2: It's true, and it's different, and there are times that you're gonna bomb. Like that's part of that art have to form. Embrace, is you have like to embrace, m- um, yes
0: what happens and uh, but leaving a even a big show very grateful to be there but leaving a, a kind of a you know 50 60 seat show and going there'll be another one there'll you know? be another one I don't always it doesn't have to live or I don't have to live or die
2: do you like replay like if you weren't feeling good about it for whatever reason even though it's like that night I saw you I thought you're so funny and you're amazing like what I did you tell
0: me not in the interview
2: what what would I tell you like
0: like you sucked and looked weird
2: uh, I don't think that's even possible. <laughs> I looked. Video I could. And... I could say like, if there was something like you seemed nervous. I was like very maybe nervous because
0: be you true. guys were there.
2: No. Okay. Well. And well, you, you didn't seem like,
0: nervous. You're super nice.
2: Then you fake it really well because like you didn't seem nervous. Like I thought I you was were a
0: little nervous, but in that I care. Vein, of course, I care. Not I Ayo. think
2: that does it. Of course, we're. Ner-
0: I get nervous about when I'm about to go on stage. I think if I've been you don't, that. it doesn't make. I don't know, I but but you know you're more comfortable, correct? I mean, yeah. Um, especially once once they start laughing, I'm like, this is great. Aww, just, to if... make people laugh is just so much fun.
2: I know, I bet. And to connect,
0: yeah. And, and that's what live theater does, right? Yeah.
2: Yes. I mean, if for what we do, stand-up comedy, I feel like is just terrifying for me. Like it is a whole another medium that I don't even think I can get into, honestly. Like scary. I'd be
0: great at it, but. Well... I don't you're funny, Susanna. Do you know how funny you are? Well... <laughs> on Facebook and stuff? Like, you're funny. I'd,
2: I'm a writer on Facebook when you're like... You're like, a writer, so right? you're
0: an actor in a Because everyone adds these things, and I don't want to leave like, them out.
2: Yeah, I understand. You're a designer? Yeah, I'm a designer. I do lots of things. I, I like the ability to be creative and to have a variety of creative things, even if it's visual communication, like graphic design or web design, solving those puzzles. And I like... Telling stories, it's like another form of that. I feel like That's performing. Great. Well, I
0: have kept you way too long, but I, I think you—you you are just one of my favorite Q. S. People. Oh, you say you that? Are, to all I do not. Of your no, no, I don't. you
2: yeah, I? Do do I? Do. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, I'm
0: polite, but I don't. I don't it. make up. Uh, <laughs> what, what is the word? Uh, I don't shower people with. I appreciate false that endearments. I appreciate that. I you don't have to full. with me. I think you bring a lot to West and oh, you're very, very um, kind. talented but you actually you're outgoing and you, you're, you care about you know people.
2: I do. Sometimes I can be a recluse but what I'm learning lately
0: is be. that around here there's so much socializing.
2: I know. I don't think I want to be a recluse all the days you
0: like your solitude I, I would do. not call you a I recluse. recharge
2: I cocoon I love cocoon. I hibernate on Friday nights yeah. because
0: it's the worst day for journalists is that what you're gonna do tonight probably I'm dog sitting and I'll chill and yeah. uh, I'll probably go out and do comedy but um, <laughs> no you I'm just saying you have to calm down here or you'd be
2: that's true this town can—that's the dark can side of out. Key West.
0: It can, yes, it can
2: chew you up and spit you out. It can wear you.
0: It can wear yeah. you down, and where you're like, whoa, I didn't know I was an alcoholic. <laughs> Sometimes that's good. Okay, like, we're gonna stop. Okay, but, uh, no. no. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank and you for having me. I hope that, um, you know, we'll hang out. Well, we have to do
2: uh, crafts with leaves, and we also have to play a game of. Clue. clue
0: who can we get to play with us oh my gosh everybody everyone you know you two it's just bring it?
2: maximum of six but yeah let's go six people yeah there's six characters i want
0: to be the doctor
2: guy who smokes a pipe ah oh, professor plum
0: is it? professor
2: that is you <laughs> what
0: is he a professor of? Like <laughs> he's nonsense? got
2: a phd and i think psychology maybe <laughs> yeah um but hey i think you're you're one of my favorite people too i just want to say that thank you i have a lot of fun when i'm around you
0: and that's, what, that's what the goal is cool. gratitude and cool. hijinks.
2: Cool. I almost thought you were going to say hygiene, which is also important.
0: <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> Stop. Thanks, Susanna. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to We're Not Finished, a podcast presented by the Studios of Key West. The Studios is a leading art institution in South Florida. It's located downtown at 533 Eaton Street. For a list of events and more programming like this, go to tskw.org.